1: And then there's this book. Okay, before we get into this book, yeah. can I tell you a quick story about what
0: I did last night? Okay. So I I read all of the, the last, whatever, five or six chapters that we had last night. Mm-hmm. And then I had some time and I thought, I'll read Heartland. And I had this debate in my head of like, what happens if I mix the two up? And then I was like, how the fuck would I ever confuse a Heartland (laughs) plotline with Frontline? So I went ahead and read Heartland and I was like, there's no way. And like, I don't think I've messed anything up thus far. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) Very different tones, I imagine.
0: Like we had this book, which was like, this was like the brutal shit that like Mm -hmm. made me literally like i got chills i gasped out loud like oh my god and then the other one is amy's in australia and she's really feeling left out of her dad's family
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah yep exactly the same book yeah, but I took, a
0: mo- <laughs> I took a moment and I was like, ooh, should I read this right after finishing
1: Frontlines just in case? <laughs> and I was like, there's no fucking way. It might be a nice like chaser after a really, you know, rough time, maybe.
0: So, yeah, that's what I did. I read Frontlines and then I read like a third of a Heartland book.
1: Nice. Yeah, nice. no confusing the two, though. No worries. No worries. There aren't even any horses in front lines, which is sad. There, there are certainly not. There is a kitten, but there was no kitten in Heartland, so. I assume that that Heartland has some cats running around, like barn cats. Most barns yeah, have barn I'm cats. Now thinking about it. Uh,
0: no, though. Really? Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, there's there's not been any
1: barn cats. What the fuck? Horses eat oats. And then who eats the husks of the oats, the rats, which means you need the cats to catch the rats. And, and that's the circle of life. Yeah, this is a weird overlook. <sighs> Maybe the cats are there. They just don't draw attention to them. <laughs> they do not perceive the cats. <laughs> they are ghost cats only come out when no one is looking.
0: <laughs> that, is, that is right. They feast on the mice and then they disappear <laughs> into the day.
1: If you make eye contact with a cat, it disappears, and then when you turn away, it becomes solid again. <laughs> like the just ghost like a boggart. Mario. Yes. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait. Oh wait. <laughs> we know things and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I
0: listen. I think what I was trying to say <laughs> to defend myself, just the littlest bit. <laughs> I think what I was trying to say is that nobody's ever seen a boggart in its real form because it always, like, the second you perceive it, it turns into the greatest it, yeah. fear. Yeah. I was just trying to say, once they lay eyes on the cat, it changes into a hay bale or something. Oh, so yeah. So cannot be perceived.
1: Yeah. That, <laughs> that was the thought I was trying to get to. I mean, that explains the Cheshire cat. Oh Who who just kinda disappears when he it needs to to get out of there? That he is pieces out. He does. Leaving only his smile behind. Yeah, but you know, with teeth like those, you kinda gotta I yeah. I'm like, what kind of sick fuck manifests their teeth as the first thing, the first impression <laughs> you could make to a lost little girl but I guess i listen it says a lot more
0: about alice that the first thing that happens is she observes the mouth of a large carnivore and says this is probably okay
1: this is fine i will ask him for directions
0: you know once i don't get directions from him i will ask the fucking opioid out caterpillar oh
1: my god the fucking stoned ass caterpillar <laughs> Ooh.
0: <laughs> and when that fails, I'll join the giant cardmen that are painting
1: flowers. Seems like a great plan. Flawless. Ship it. I just don't know about
0: all of Alice's choices as a whole. Yeah. But I love the energy she brings to the situation.
1: Yeah. She's very You know she perseveres she's optimistic for the most part she has that kind of sad moment where she has her dark night of the soul but other than that she's just kind of like oh what's that over there
0: could be worse it could be way worse and I mean when confronted with some of the things she was confronted with I do understand how she would be like listen the best I can do is to roll with it at this point (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh <laughs> uh, yep this is and this is very our review. <laughs> <laughs> well how the fuck did we end up here we really Alice in Wonderland ourselves into this weird corner <laughs>
0: We hit go on the podcast and we grew real big. (laughs) Now we have to hit stop to grow real small. Um, Oh,
1: what a nightmare. (laughs) Yep. What a fucking nightmare.
0: Listen, nobody said we were good at our jobs. We just said we did it for
1: free. (laughs) Yeah. Get what you pay for, which is... Get what you pay for. Whatever the fuck this is. Zero dollars. Zero
0: dollars. Ugh. Anyways, this book, it was a
1: nightmare. You are correct. God. God. It, like, the fucking buildup from the beginning of this book to the very end was, like, <laughs> like, the tallest, most terrifying roller coaster. Like, the first hill of the tallest, most terrifying roller coaster. And then, like, this part was the drop down, plunging into... The pits of hell of badness mm-hmm
0: I was so excited I am still excited that we are at this part like first of all I'm excited that now we're about to go into a book that I haven't read before <gasps> Yay! and uh, like literally that I like some the shit that happened here like one of the really big surprises that happened here just the first time i read it i got like chills it was crazy and all of our characters are kind of converging which is super exciting mm-hmm.
1: holy shit yeah i liked it a lot and holy shit i'm so excited for rainy like i i now love i now love all of them but like i've been saying from the beginning like there's something about rainy that i really fucking love Mm -hmm. i am so
2: excited
1: (laughs) yes
0: i'm so excited for rainy and i'm so excited for frangie oh my
1: god i oh yeah oh my god shit Oh man, I I don't even I well, but I'm excited for Rio too because like, yeah, the the fucking you know the thing happens and then the setup for like the future and the like the the um, interstitial it oh, yep the Animorphs vibes like so so much oh my god oh. so many Animorphs vibes yeah yeah oh my god yeah like this is yet another book series that's going to really dig into the effects of war the effects of ptsd and oh my god i'm ah, i'm so excited i'm ah, i like i almost feel like i'm treating it too lightly like i don't want to necessarily like treat this as entertainment because like this was a real war and people had real effects from it and people
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know in retrospect are probably like i wish they said never happened this was horrible and like i'm trying to be very very sensitive to that but like ever since animorphs i've just been really after books that like make me feel something and i feel like this yeah. this book series is gonna do that
0: no i i totally agree it's like it i yeah i agree and it's like not Mm -hmm. This is hard, because this is, like, another thing that I've kind of been going through with true crime as well, where it's, like, Mm -hmm. we should not be using this as entertainment, actually. Yeah. And this really affects real people that have to live through, especially, like, modern day stuff. Like, it affects real people Mm -hmm. that actually, like, families of, of people that have gone through this. And this is certainly, like, while we are getting towards, like, you know, it was 80 years ago like it's still something that you know can affect people and people were alive for it and so
1: on and so forth Mm -hmm. and it affects future generations after the fact and yeah it's yeah yeah. but like I also don't think that I, I mean I'm probably not the best person to speak this but it seems like Michael Grant treated that with the most respect that he could.
0: And I think a lot of the time stories like this are what what gets you thinking about, like, what people that actually went through this might be going through and maybe gives Mm -hmm. you a little bit of empathy towards them.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So it's not all bad. And, like, you know, and this is also a fictional person, right? Like, this is also... These are all mm-hmm. fictional people, and the situation is. While there's some realistic aspects to it, this is all a fantasy world. Like we yeah. did not have women fighting in World War II, and yeah. So it's kind of hard to it's it's kind of hard to like straddle that line. I feel like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But, like, Ah. if you think I wasn't, like, fist-pumping Rainy when she talked to... (laughs) If you think I wasn't fist-pumping on that scene, you're fucking wrong. Holy shit.
1: Oh, my God. I love Rainy so goddamn much.
0: (laughs) Me too. And I'm so glad that we can, like, finally stop having to wait for their
1: chapters now that they're here. Oh, I know. I just... Oh man, I feel like, so I think the reason that I love Rainy the most, and this is very weird for me, is that I think Rio and Frangie represent like real people who would do, who would act this way in this situation. Rainy represents like the person I wish I could be. hmm Like, I wish I could be as clever and like unapologetic as she is. It's just, like, yes, queen, you know? <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Uh. Oh, man. But, like, at the same time, like, she is all of these incredible things, but she doesn't feel like an out-of-place superhero because she was still cowering in her fake foxhole, like, with the rest mm-hmm. of it. Like, she's not infallible. And that's, like, the fucking nuance that I
1: just love so mm-hmm. much in these books. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Oh, God. And, like, you know, like, we're seeing the effects of the war from Rio and Frangie, for sure. I am so interested to see where it takes Rainy. Like, because she's such a a badass in a different way. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, I just, I I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait. I cannot wait
0: and i i also was super excited for rio's the conversation she had with sergeant cole mm-hmm. that that's like oh okay so here's the start of your for real breakdown not just your yep. new here breakdown you're for real for real breakdown okay uh-huh. got it
1: Yep. Yep. oh, oh my god and then, like, Francie is, like, kind of the altruistic character. Because, like, throughout... Th- oof. The-, the shit... I mean, that she had to go through the whole book. But, like, the shit she had to go through in this part, just because it's fresh in my mind. And she's still, like... These motherfuckers are awful. But I'm still gonna, like, help them. Like, I'm still going to... <sighs> like, no matter what, I... I choose, like, this agape love and being a decent human being. And it's just, like, I am so interested to see if she continues to be that and for how long. I, like, I want to talk about that so bad,
0: but I'm not sure we should, like, I I feel like I should wait. Because I, like, I have so many thoughts on
1: that. Yeah. Mostly because
0: of what you just said. (laughs)
1: Like, I... (sighs) So I feel like in the past few parts, like, like we'll kind of talk about things in the beginning, kind of like vaguely, and then I'll do the summary. But by the end, we're both just like so stunned and in awe that like we don't have anything else to say. Yeah. So I'm like trying to like see how much of my thoughts I can get out now before I lose them later, because also my memory's terrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... I feel like that's true. And I've also been, like, hesitant to, like, talk about it because I was, like, I'm, I was, like, oh, shit. Like, I don't want to, like, oh because you knew too much about the end of it. Because I kind of knew. But, like, I totally forgot about the interstitial that reveals that, well, I'm just going to fucking say it. We can edit this out later. The interstitial that totally reveals that Rio is not the narrator. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Oh my
1: god! I was like, "Why have you done this to me?" I because I forgot. Oh, <laughs> it I wasn't on
0: purpose. I met oh, Michael Grant. I don't again. know why he did. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you, yeah, Michael Grant. How could you do this, sir? <laughs> Watch how quickly I pivot.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't blame you at all.
0: Oh shit. Oh uh, yeah, I like. Oh this is so good and like this is the part that i've been waiting for too so like i've also like other times it's like okay there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here that like we can pull apart and dissect and blah blah blah. but like also i know like what's coming so i can't like i don't want to say it because i might say a thing that might like lead to like (laughs) yeah oh no oh but now i am ready i want to talk about all of this Mm -hmm. i i need to talk about frangie but like i've i've I feel like we should summarize that before we like pick her okay. apart.
1: Okay. All right. Should should I should I do the thing? Yeah. Let's let's do it. Okay. All right. So first page numbers. We are reading from chapter thirty two to the end. That is page starting at page four fifty nine. Um. Uh. I mean, like trigger warnings. Like so many. All of them. Pretty much all like gore, like violence, like like, attempted rape, like, uh, I don't know what else. Like, slurs, of course, like, that is kind of just, like, a thing yeah. throughout the book. Like, you know, it shit gets intense, just be aware, everyone. Yeah, uh, all the triggers. All of them. For real. Like, except them. animal abuse, because there's only <laughs> one kitten here. Like,
0: but otherwise, all of them.
1: <laughs> oh, man, I am, I want to talk about that as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well. We'll, we'll we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah, we will. Alright. So our first stop is with Frangie, who when we last left her was caring for a dying man and everybody has like run away and she decided to stay with him. Um shit's not good. The enemy's approaching, the captain that she's caring for is definitely gonna die. She's not going to leave him, even though she really wants to. And she knows that being a black woman, she's not going to be treated any better by the Germans. Um, And she tells Ren to get the fuck out. And she realizes this is the first time she has ever cursed. This is what war does to us. It makes us say the fuck word. (laughs) (laughs) Not the fuck word. Not the fuck word. I I did think it was. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you're gonna say the same thing I was gonna say. Go for Is it. Is that they said fuggin' instead of yeah, fucking Yeah. yeah"? yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I kind of thought that was intentional. Like they were like, like they were literally mm-hmm. saying fuggin instead of fucking, but I, I realize now that it's like a substitute.
0: Yep. So just so that they're not writing <laughs> fuck eight hundred times in this book. <laughs> Why not? I don't <laughs> know, I Assume a rating thing or something, or an editorial I mean, thing or something. Listen,
1: like this isn't the fucking uh, like movie rating system. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe he did write "fuck" and the editor made him change. <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> like Control F. All <laughs>
1: yeah. Like Control there's... Find
0: Replace.
1: Yeah. Like for for like racial slurs, I can understand like like replacing oh, yeah. a word there, but like for "fuck," like come on. <sighs> whatever i don't know uh okay yeah so the captain is ask asks her if he's dying and fringy wants to tell him the truth because she hopes that he's going to tell her to run but she can't do that so she lies instead and says he's going to be fine which i thought was interesting it kind of harkens back to when she was talking to the pastor and she mm-hmm. was like i want the pastor to give me an out i want the pastor to give me permission to not do this yep um so that was, there's so many like beautiful parallels in this part that I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she had told, she had told Ren to leave. Ren decides that he will leave, even though it's clear he doesn't want to leave her behind. Um, but he pieces out. Um, Frangie sh- sews up the captain's wound and there are tears running down her face. And suddenly Germans burst into the tent Uh, one of them sees her and smashes his gun barrel into her gut she doubles over and then a second later the stock of the gun smashes into her head she falls to the ground and then she gets a couple of kicks to the kidney and the tailbone and she's just in pain and she expects the next blow but it doesn't come and she looks up to see a pair of expensive boots with spurs and she vaguely (laughs) thinks like i've only ever seen spurs on a cowboy so the they haul her up onto her feet and while all of the other soldiers are in kind of this butternut brown color the man in front of her is wearing black um and he starts speaking to her in strongly accented english and of course she's like she's got a fucking head wound and she's shocked and she's trug- she's struggling to make sense of what he's saying he slaps her across the face and then finally she understands he's saying where have your men gone and she sees SS lightning bolts on his uniform, and she doesn't know what that means just yet. Um, she says that her men ran off, and she is just a medic trying to sew up a patient. The SS officer is like, you stayed behind to care for him? And the captain is like, "Like leave her alone! And the SS officer kind of jerks his head, and one of the soldiers steps forward and just blows the captain's brains out and kills him. Uh, ugh. Yeah, it's harsh. Um, Frangie screams that they didn't have to do that. He was going to die anyway. And the SS officer just kind of smiles and says, then no harm has been done. So the soldiers start gathering up the remaining medical supplies. And Frangi's like, all right, I'm in deep shit. I'm either going to get shot and killed or I'm going to get raped and then shot and killed. And it's looking like the latter. The SS officer says something to the soldiers and then leaves the tent And a soldier starts undoing his belt buckle and they start crowding around her. Then another officer comes in. He's got blood on his uniform and he speaks to the soldiers in German and he sounds irritated. The soldier pulls his pants back up and he and his fellows leave. And this new guy introduces himself as Dr. Major Heffelwazen. I probably said that wrong. I'm so sorry. Nah, sounds Actually, I'm not sorry. Fuck this guy. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. Fuck this dude. (laughs) I got these fucking Nazis names wrong. Fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) They are not deserving of any respect. I'm not apologizing to Nazis. (laughs) God damn it. I apologize to everyone, but I won't.
0: (laughs) To everyone but Nazis. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) shit. Oh
1: dear.
0: Woof. Uh, so what was the point that you think you really lost it during Animus <laughs>
1: Anonymous? Well. Well. <laughs> oh no. Oh uh, yay yay. Oof oof oof. Um, so yeah, Dr. Major, I'm just going to call him Dr. Major. Uh, he looks at her work and tells her the captain's wound was septic and he would not have lived and Frangie says, I know that. And he kind of rolls his eyes and says that the Americans will regret leaving their medics behind. And Frangie thinks she already regrets staying behind, but then thinks maybe she doesn't quite believe that. Um, Then he says that she's going to be his prisoner and she's going to help him suture and bandage some of his men that have typhus. And he shoves her out of the tent and she can see now that it's early morning and the German soldiers are just like picking over the remains looking for supplies and alcohol and shit and they have an entire mm-hmm. convoy of vehicles which are mostly fuel and water trucks um she uh she sees the three american soldiers that have died from her unit lying beside the road um they're waiting for grave registration units but a bored german uh soldier shoots them all in the chest and head to make sure that they're definitely dead which like what a visual yeah like this whole part was just like so cinematic. Like I could very easily see this being like a movie or a TV show. Like with some oh, of these,
0: yeah. Oof. Oh, yeah. My God, like it would it would have to be like it would it would be a crazy to do this as a TV show just with like ratings and stuff that the way that yeah. they are. But like as an R rated movie, like. This mm-hmm. would be the part in the theater that like people can't look at the screen because of how much just gore there is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. It's Ugh. harsh. <laughs> yep. And what else did he write? And worse.
1: Oh yeah Um. So yeah, everything's bad. An ambulance rolls up. It is followed by a half truck full of wounded German soldiers. Dr. Major shoves Frangie onto the truck and a private tosses her some medical supplies. Sans morphine, because if they gave her morphine, she could try and kill herself or somebody else. So they did not Mm. give that to her. Um, And some of the more awake German soldiers are leering at her and spitting at her. And she knows she is both a prisoner and a woman. And she knows what to expect but for now, there is a soldier with a bandage that needs changing, and she's going to change that bandage. Like, ah! I was, like, like, I read this chapter, and then I, like, needed a minute. Like, Yeah. Oh. oh yikes. Yeah, I, I needed to recover from this one.
0: Like, what killed me and like in this chapter and then of course in in the the next one that she does is like just how much of like it's it's crazy to me that her response in this moment is like I still need to do my job like it doesn't matter who it is or what it is or what's going on Mm -hmm. I still need to be a doctor, a nurse. Like, she represents, like, the peak of what medics should be. Mm -hmm. And, like, the attitude of everybody towards her here, in contrast to how it is later, is super fucking interesting.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, like, well, and, like, you're right. Like, I assume that, like not only is she like this very altruistic person who's like, I'm, I'm going to help this person because they need help. I don't care who they are, but Mm -hmm. uh, like that's definitely like the focus of it. Cause like, you could argue that like, oh, she's also doing this so that they don't like, like hurt her for not doing the job that was set for her. But like the, really the focus of the writing is on just like how good of a medic she is.
0: Yeah. And it always is. And like, it, it's, She's never like I get the impression that were she not a prisoner, but had somehow fallen in with these guys, even if they were still the like did the exact same shitty behaviors towards her. Mm -hmm. She still would have treated them like without the looming threat as well. Yeah. Which is super interesting. Like just it's wild from her position. Like I can't.
1: I can't imagine being that good of a person. <laughs> I know. Which is why I'm really interested to see how long this is going to last. Like Yeah. Because if the, you know, if the Panini is an indicator, like eventually you just get so fucking tired. Yeah, and, and burned out and you can't you can't handle any more death and any more gore and misery.
0: But that's that's such a good arc for her because like she is handling all of the gore and the death and the misery like it it got to her a little bit but she's handling herself so much better than than rio is and like and mm-hmm. then jano is like she is handling this so much better because she's helping and that's kept yeah. her on the even keel so like the point where she would break down would be like she lets somebody die without trying to do the utmost because that is the thing to do because they have no supplies because this is morphine or whatever that could be used on a patient that could actually live.
1: Mm-hmm. And like
0: that's I feel like that's going to be her breakdown portion of her arc and it's so wildly different. Because she is seeing stuff that's so much viscerally worse than mm-hmm. anyone else, like certainly than Rainy and Rio and everybody. Like, yeah, they see like people die, but she is seeing way worse than them.
1: Yeah, like, and and like even with Rio, who you know has experienced death firsthand, like it it keeps coming up that like it's instantaneous. They didn't suffer, mm-hmm. but Frangie is seeing the suffering as well as the death. Right. So right. that's a good point. And she's
0: like, she's seeing so much suffering and like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I am so interested to see mm-hmm. where her arc goes. And like, I'm wondering how much of her treating the patients and just like losing herself into the medical aspect of it is like a trauma response almost versus like mm-hmm. just her. Because it's written as her, but like, it's got to be tinged with a little bit of like. Yeah. Something else.
1: Yeah. Like this, like I'm, I'm having a response where I just have to, I have to do the thing. Like, yep. <laughs> this is how I'm coping is I'm doing the thing.
0: Right. Like no matter what's going on around me, I know how to wrap a bandage around a, a flesh wound and I will keep doing this thing that I know in the face yep. of these things that I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yep. And when it's somebody she knows because we saw how she treated the one person that she knew who oh, was Yeah, Dune AC. Yeah. Dune, like and we knew Dune was on like Dune was not living more than a minute or two. Mm-hmm. But like when she when that person's like under her Care and mm-hmm. like dies in her care, like that's gonna be that's gonna I, that yeah yeah
1: yeah. Ooh. I think she's not gonna be able to to save someone, and that's gonna be just a different thing for her. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Oof. Oofa <Oof-a-doofa>. doof <laughs> Why do we do this? Why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> Why do we willingly consume all this misery?
0: I mean, I don't know, but, like, I I love it. Like, I, <laughs> I recently had to summarize, like, what I loved so much about Animorphs. And, like, the thing that I kept coming back to was, like, just the importance of telling a story of people that were breaking down in scenarios that were so far beyond their control and how they fracture Mm -hmm. and reform and like I don't know why that's my favorite type of story Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I truly don't know but it's so interesting and intriguing and like I just want to explore all of that sort of horrible, miserable feeling. Yeah. I don't know why it just, it pays off somehow in my brain. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think I get it. Like it just, it feels, it feels important. Yeah. I was going to say it feels important. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Cause I think you're right from earlier. Like, I think it does teach empathy as well. Like, even though these are like fictional characters well yeah but but yeah like it it feels important i'm not sure how yet but yeah it does it like like it 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 changes i won't say it changes you cuz i'm not trying to like tell you what you feel but like <laughs>
0: you you can tell me how i feel <laughs> like it changes no, it's... you it bit. changes. It it kind of does. It's like it, when you get to the end of a book like this, or you know, the last book of Animorphs, you like it. It's that feeling of like I have just gone through something incredibly significant, and nobody here understands what just happened. And mm-hmm. like, it just feels so significant and so important and precious almost like mm-hmm. that you've had this experience and mm-hmm. like you know there's a lot of good books out there but when you get to the end of them you put the book down and that's it mm-hmm. like but when you walk away like feeling fundamentally different from something mm-hmm. that's incredible Mm-hmm. that's beautiful love that it's beautiful <laughs>
1: We love you, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. All right, any more thoughts on Frangie before we go back to uh,
0: I mean, I, yes, but like I want to we we had to go back to it cuz like I think that we're going to have another great round after her next chapter. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go back to Rio. Um they they just ran away from the thing that failed. Um and some of the dudes in her company are complaining about everything that went wrong in the battle uh, blaming pretty much everyone except themselves the white men for their failure Um and also uh, like- oh
0: no that's so <laughs> unlikely to happen oh, I'm so oh no
1: <laughs> how could this have gone so wrong it's because we had women and Asians <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: it wasn't our own incompetence <laughs>
1: Sorry. It's like woman made kills and the asian guy picked up the bazooka when it was abandoned. They did the most. You idiots. They, they literally did the most. Oh god. Oh shit. Fucking anyway. <laughs> it's fine. Um also it's all fine. Also uh, Lifer and Helder, the two lieutenants, have been completely publicly reamed out by the British captain, um, and which is always like discouraging to see, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, guess. I, I mean, it's true, but it's also like, great, we're stuck with these imbeciles. Um, right, we're stuck with the dumbasses. Yeah, and also, because the captain is yelling at the Americans, all the British troops are like, flinging abuse at them as well um and there's like okay i want your opinion on this there there was a bit Mm -hmm. a mention about how jack was a good loyal boy because he doesn't say anything and he doesn't side with the british boys in this moment but like i i kind of feel like he could have told the british guys to stuff it i don't know
0: yeah i i feel like He really got rewarded for doing the bare minimum, didn't he? Exactly. That's how I felt. Yeah. And, like, (laughs) in a way, in a way, I was like, yeah, like, that is good that he didn't immediately go, like, oh, wait, I'm one of you, like, (laughs) cheerio, American. (laughs) But, like, also, he didn't. Do anything. Yeah,
1: you just kind of, yeah, you don't get a cookie for doing the bare minimum, bud. Oh, uh, yeah. oh well, I guess it was fine. It was fine. Uh, maybe we're just holding him to too high a standards. He's le- he's not the worst man in this scene. No, <laughs> he's not the worst. I don't know. I mean.
0: Okay, here's the only excuse I'm going to give to him. And that is if he talked, the jig would have been up because of his accent.
1: Oh, because the British don't know. Yeah, they, they don't they know that he's, he's over there. Them. Oh, yeah. interesting. And that
0: is the only defense I'll give him.
1: Okay. All right. I'll take
0: it. It's a, it's a very small defense. <laughs>
1: uh it's fine it's totally fine (laughs) something um so rio is trying to ignore all of this um and is opting instead to replay the memory of the italian soldier that she shot uh (laughs) because that's that's a preferable alternative i guess (laughs) Um, and uh i guess they're they're walking at this time um and she wants to walk beside sergeant cole but she doesn't want to appear like a weak little girl who needs her father um janu and kat are both trying to talk to her about her kill and how she was so cool under pressure and rio just wants them to shut the fuck up like this should not be something to be commended yep. um and kat makes some comment like oh there's probably lions at that dune up ahead they're probably eating the guts of the italian that you shot and rio like like involuntary just like spins towards her and is gonna like punch her or something. Um and she's so fucking mad she can't find the words and eventually she just like clenches her fist and turns away and and Janu finally figures out that she's upset mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because finally <laughs> it's like uh, killing people's not okay you guys uh generally speaking. And then Stick points something out at their eight. And Hansu Pang says it's a Jeep. And then Luther Gear is a dickwad. And he's like, well, if you say it's a Jeep, then it's probably German. That's his voice now. Um. It feels like his voice, honestly, he's such a goddamn dick. (laughs) He's such a goddamn dick. (laughs) Ah. So Cole checks it out and he confirms it's a Jeep. And they all watch as it drives up to them. And a female buck sergeant jumps out, and she's like, Hey, what's up, guys? Are you the 119th? And Lifer is like, Bitch, excuse me, have you forgotten how to salute? And Rainy... Oh, I wanted to punch her so bad. But, like, Rainy... I mean, yes, but also, Rainy just kind of looks at her, and then, like, audibly sighs, and then reluctantly does the <laughs> salute. And I'm just like, Bitch, you are the best. This is why I love you. Like, yes. the fucking... Oh, she settles no fool. She could instantly tell. Like it's just amazing. And like, there's an interesting aside about how Lifer doesn't like Rainey because Rainey is giving her like a passable amount of respect, but it's very clear that that she does not like Lifer, which I loved. Yeah. I don't know if it's Lifer loved that or Lifer. I too.
0: Oh, it was so. Good. I don't. I don't know, and I don't care honestly.
1: <laughs> Another person who I'm like, I don't really give a shit about you. <laughs> Ugh. I'm just going to use them interchangeably. Bear with me. Yeah. Fuck it. Bear with me. <laughs> okay. So uh, Leifer and Rainy don't like each other. Yeah. Um. So Leifer asks for the orders. Rainy hands them over and the officers gather around and read them. And Leifer is like, are you fucking insane? We have to walk north to the desert and attack a German supply line with absolutely no support whatsoever. And Renee just kind of shrugs and it's like, it's the Colonel's orders. And. Yep. And Leifer kind of is like, Oh my God, the Colonel. Oh no. Hmm. And and Helder is just like I'm not fucking doing this. This is so dumb. And Leifer is like, well, I outrank you by two weeks seniority. And and it's just like, ugh, you fucking seventeen tool.
0: days. Thank you. Ugh. She's <laughs> such a fucking tool. I um. know how to spell colonial. For anyone <laughs> wondering. I do know how to. I do
1: know how to spell listen, that. Listen, listen. It's a stupid word that's spelled stupidly and pronounced stupidly, and it's all dumb. So, you don't have
0: to assure me. I am
1: fully aware of how to spell that. Don't worry. <laughs> Ducking on Alex on the podcast. <laughs> Fucking Colonel. Oh
0: my god. It should be
1: K E R N E L. Colonel. It kernel. should. It should. Oh my god. <laughs> That joke is so old, though.
0: <laughs> like, yes.
1: That is a five-year-old aged cheddar of a joke. Still pretty delicious. That's a decent Aldi wine of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, quick shout-out to Jeff. Went to Aldi this weekend, got a $2 bottle of wine. That's Thanks. right. Thanks this for the tip, weekend. buddy. Listen.
0: We did re- record this in advance, but I'd like to think you guys are both doing it the weekend that this podcast comes out.
1: You know what? What is whichever. time? I like that. I subscribe to that. Uh, <sighs> So the lieutenants are arguing having a dick measuring contest or some shit. The GIs are just, like, yeah. laying down on the ground, as I would do in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, because they're fucking tired, and I don't blame them. Yep. Um, after they finish their their bitch fest, um, Cole tells everybody to get up. And then Leifer like steals the Jeep from the guy who gave Rainey a ride, and he can't even refute it because he doesn't have any written orders. So they just like like commandeer this guy in his Jeep and are like, You're gonna come with us now.
0: <laughs> You're coming with me, bud.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're hijacking you.
0: I love um, that.
1: I mean, I love it, but then things happen, so I don't love that. Listen.
0: Mm. This is a war.
1: <laughs>
0: so, oh, no. <sighs>
1: uh, poor. Uh, whatever the fuck the guy's name was. It's like CZ or something. Oh um, I,
0: I sh- didn't even think. I said, at least didn't even listening. retain it. Oh, no. I- Listen, Casey, reading through it again, I was like, this isn't going to matter for long.
1: Yeah. CV. Corporal CV. That's his name. Uh, okay. They stole the Jeep. The supplies are low. And everything's stupid. The GIs realize this is a big stupid suicide mission. And they can't even mutiny. They're in the middle of a desert. It's all bad. Um the lieutenants also kick rainy out of the jeep and she has to walk with the rest of the soldiers and the jeep is just like kicking up dust and they are all breathing it in and it's even more shitty um somebody suggests they should walk off to the side of the road to avoid the dust and then cole reminds them that landmines exist um but (laughs) oh man this part um so he tells them that if there were landmines, they would probably be anti-tank and not anti-personnel, which basically means that something really heavy would set them off. And they all kind of grin as they realize that that means Lieutenant Lifer, who none of them like, is riding in comfort and also checking for landmines for them inadvertently. Yeah. they did
0: say that. Yep, they did. They, they did. They, they were all. They g- did find themselves
1: amused. <laughs> so <to> <laughs> they were giggling about that. Yep, we are all laughing at that. Having a little goof, a little joke, a little a little jive.
0: We were rewarding ourselves with just hmm, a little amusement. A little <laughs> chuckle in the middle of this war. Listen. Something that will never return to bite us in the ass, ever. <laughs> Not terrible foreshadowing
1: at all. <laughs> oh, no. Then, then, uh, we get rainy and rio interaction rainy walks next to rio and janu and they all make small talk and tilo is like checking her out um and rainy is like yeah i work in intelligence and janu comments that she wanted to be an office worker so she could be all sexy and bang all the dudes and rainy kind of rolls her eyes which i fucking loved because by this point we have seen what office life is like and it's very different from janu's fantasy and i just i love that yeah me too (laughs) and if stephanie meyer had wrote this book she would have point out pointed out the obvious instead of michael grant who left us to fill in the gaps by ourselves (laughs) (laughs) let me just dig on stephanie meyer who's not even here (laughs) has nothing to do hang on i need
0: to i need to live in this for a moment because like (laughs) We've explored what if, what if Apple Grant wrote these other great properties, but we've never explored what if (laughs) Stephanie Meyer wrote a fucking
1: Frontline's book. (laughs) What? Oh no. It would have been like all the dead soldiers become vampires, sexy vampires.
0: Except they're fighting in a desert, and for miles around, you could see the diamond sparkle of their skin reflecting (laughs) off the dunes. Like a
1: beacon of beauty. Beautiful alabaster. Breathless. God. (laughs) She looked absolutely stunning in her brown khakis. (laughs) and an (laughs) off-blue
0: army shirt that once she was told set off her eyes or something. (laughs) Luckily, when the soldiers went to a shady bar one night, the one man stood at the piano and played better than any (laughs) famous composer ever. (laughs) And he looked at her and said, I wrote this for you, Rio. Fucking God. While I watched you sleep in your tent. (laughs)
1: I hate this. <laughs> I hate this so much. It's, we need to stop. This is a bad thing we've done. We have done a terrible thing. Oh, no. You know
0: what happened, though? Huh? Is, like, somehow this soldier would see Rio walking on the tracks, and one second she would be walking, and the next she'd be 30 meters away while an
1: explosion went off. And yep. she'd be like...
0: How did we get here? And he'd be like, I was standing next to
1: you the whole time. (laughs) You're clearly hallucinating. I was here the whole time. You must
0: have a head wound. Let's take you to the medic tent.
1: (laughs) Jesus. Wow. (laughs) Yikes. With a capital Y. (laughs) And a
0: capital K as well. Really emphasize yikes.
1: Yikes. Wowza. <laughs> <Bunza>. <laughs> okay. Here, <hair>. everything's better. <laughs> he is the balm for my wounded soul. I just, I never expected
0: Stephanie Meyer to level more heat on us than. Oh my god! Fucking...
1: <laughs> I hope her ears are <laughs> burning right now. I hope she <laughs> fucking regrets what she made us just do. <laughs> oh,
0: this is how we cope. Is it because we need to find some, uh, like, we could we could be drinking right now. We could go into heavy drugs. We don't have to rewrite Front Lines with <laughs> Stephanie Meyer as the author. Oh, no. Oh. We could be doing heroin
1: right now but, instead. But we've got the love triangle between Rio and Strand and Jack
0: okay well which one's the werewolf and which one's the vampire let's just go there oh,
1: sh- well i mean it's gotta be strand because it's like yes yeah, oh, this is-, is the original but i'm tempted by this other man right so jack is the british vampire yeah or, werewolf. or sorry the
0: british werewolf yeah Were- werewolves
1: of london awoo because then we can sing that song yes <laughs> <laughs> all right um Hang on, we're almost done with this chapter. Um, hang on, hang on. I have to. I I
0: can't because all I can fucking think of is the goddamn romantic piano cover of Werewolves in London (laughs) that's gonna be playing while they make out. (laughs) Fucking can't. (laughs) I don't listen. (laughs) I can't, I can't do
1: this. (laughs) Stop the podcast. I can't do it anymore.
0: Stop the podcast. I need a break.
1: I've broken something. Yes, something inside us. I am composed. (laughs) I'm not thinking about werewolves or vampires. Only despair. Okay. The day is passing. It is fast approaching night. They have to pick up the pace. And they have no time to stop and eat. Or or take a piss. Um, Rainy has been nicknamed headquarters. And she's having a harder time. Than everyone. Because she isn't in shape like the others are. Um, and Rainy makes some comment. That everything is foobar. And everybody else who has no concept. Of what's going on in the bigger picture. Kind of crowds in close around her. And starts interrogating her. They're like what's going on? What's, what's, what's the word from the higher ups? And. Rainey tells them that the Germans were facing two different fronts from the British and the Americans. They were supposed to surrender, but they attacked instead. And their big weakness is that they're desperate for fuel, which is why their platoons are headed to cut off their supply lines because they were in the right place at the right time. Up ahead, the jeep reaches a pass and then explodes. Yay. Foreshadowing. (laughs)
2: Yay. Oh, no oh
1: no oh no <laughs> com.
0: Uh, yeah yeah regretsy.com is the appropriate
1: i just so like the thing that's fucking me up is that so so it's it's mentioned that lieutenant helder is pretty green and doesn't really know what yes. he's doing i can only assume that because of the maths that we just did, that Leifer, who is only, you know, two weeks before him, is also pretty great. Yeah. So is it just that yeah. she didn't realize that there might be landmines? Probably.
0: Because Cole is more senior than all of them. He just got demoted because... Yeah. He wouldn't do the shitty orders. So, He'd like, only do the good orders.
1: Yeah, but, like... So I mean, Cole has been discouraged from challenging her because she's was a jerk to him before. Yeah. So, yeah. but like, my question is, why didn't he mention to her that there might be landmines? Not that she would have. He listened. did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, maybe he did. Maybe he thought that's just something that she would know. Right. No.
1: Right. I just don't want him to necessarily be, like, an accessory in this situation.
0: Yeah, I, I can't imagine he would be. Like, honestly, I I can't imagine how any of that was his responsibility in this scenario, like, honestly.
1: But, like, he's the one who is like, oh, there are landmines and, and it, they might go off if a truck runs over them. And, like, I don't know. But also, like he knows that they were fucked under her leadership. So it's like, what if it was kind of like he didn't mention it?
0: I mean, even if he didn't mention it, like, she should have known. It's just like one of a number of fuck-ups that the U.S. troops do because they don't have enough information and they don't have anybody who knows what they're doing.
1: Yeah, and like, the people you know this is brought up multiple times in the book is like like the people that are the higher ups have like little field experience mhm so you know it's like it's like when people have like master's degrees or doctorates but no like actual like experience in the thing that they're studying right so it's, like, you understand the concept of it and the nuances of it, but you don't, like, you haven't touched it before, so, like... Right, you don't understand What does that mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah! It's not good. <laughs> it's it's not great. It's not great. But, like, I also absolutely believe that, like, that she would, like, be like, I'm gonna ride in the truck anyways. I'm not gonna walk with these fucking, like, you know...
1: Oh, yeah, the these commoners non-coms. are whatever. Well- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although, okay, but she did have another lieutenant with her from the other platoon. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay, all right, I feel slightly better about that. Yeah, and a corporal, which I don't know where a corporal is.
0: Let's let's not broach the subject. I, I okay. Let's Google it. <laughs> Google and stuff with Casey and Alex. I'm going to Google where does a corporal rank in the army. G- I wish I was back in the army. Fifth rank, ranking above a specialist and directly below a sergeant. Oh, okay. Okay. Is Corporal a high rank in the army?
1: Well, I have a better grasp on it, I guess. Yeah, the, the grasp that we found
0: out was they still were very low ranking. Yeah, because there are a thousand ranks that you can be. Yes, and they've made it to the fifth one out of, like, at least ten, if not more. Oh, my God. Uh, Well,
1: Well, I'm glad we Googled that. It doesn't matter anyway, because they're fucking dead. Yep. That's their rank, is dead. I think that's a
0: way of life. Wait. (laughs) Death is a way of life. Death is a way of life oh boy
1: Uh, oh boy so jeep flies into the air bodies fly out of it uh it explodes again and smashes into the canyon wall cole's like everybody hit the deck it's a minefield nobody fucking move the jeep is burning and the officers are trying to figure out their next move and they ultimately decide to send a few soldiers to check for survivors and then after that they're going to abandon this fucking stupid mission Mm-hmm. Um, Rainy's like no 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 you can't do that the orders are final and the supply line is through that pass and she gets into an argument with Sergeant Garriman and she suggests that they climb the hills on either side of the pass and he's like no I don't want my men to get a bunch of broken bones and Helder who is like I guess the next in line to take control is like ah I don't know what to do I'm a baby yep. um Cole takes a look through the binoculars, and he proposes that they send a couple of soldiers with rock climbing experience to throw down a rope so everyone else can climb up that way. Uh, Hansu Peng volunteers, and everybody is immediately racist. Uh, Peng tries...
0: (laughs) Sorry, that was was a great way to put it. (laughs)
1: Like... Ugh. So... Pang tries to say something, probably that he's not actually Japanese. I don't think Hansu Pang is a Japanese name, but whatever. People are dumb, um, and, racist. and he's yeah. dumb and racist. Um, he is talked over by mediocre white men. Helder <laughs> um, is finally like, okay, like we need to do it, or else Rainey's going to write us all up on charges. Um, and Cole says he will do the climb with Pang if everybody is so fucking worried about Pang betraying them. Uh, Stick volunteers to go check the Jeep for survivors. Garriman has him pick two other people to go with him. Stick apologetically picks Rio and Jack to come with him. Um, and so how they get over there is they walk in the tire treads of the Jeep, which are only about eight inches wide. They have to do that for a quarter mile. They have 100 foot intervals between them. And that they do that in case the person in front hits a mine, which would kill him, but not the other two um rio kind of pretends that she's walking on a balance beam rachel, rachel. <laughs> but <laughs> Rachel, rachel. <laughs> um but she like all she can think about is how like fucking tired she is and <laughs> they get closer and she realizes that even though she didn't like Leifer, she didn't want her to get blown up stick stops and they see a charred object 10 feet from the safe zone it is a human arm that it is yep that that sure is what that is it sure is (laughs) yay jack asks who it is and stick just kind of shakes his head um they abandon their intervals and just kind of huddle together as they move forward they approach the charred jeep in the narrow part of the canyon the corporal, Corporal CB, the guy who was driving, is still in his seat with his back on fire and his head missing.
0: do lose your head in these scenarios.
1: Oh, 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 oh. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We have to compensate our horror with humor. It's the only way. <laughs> Woo. Oh, shit. Like what i found interesting was that like jack starts retching and rio like completely like dissociates she has like an Mm. out-of-body experience as like a trauma response it is like whoa yeah and she and she realizes just like she is so young like she's like what the fuck am i doing here this is so fucked i agree um yeah i agree i
0: agree as well it's not good (laughs) not good i'm so sorry children i'm so sorry to all (laughs) all the children they sent yeah and also everybody else
1: yep uh stick asks if anybody can see leafer and 20 yards away they see an unknown lump of a smoking object but it is too soft to be metal and Rhea looks up and sees vultures and jack thinks that that might be her and that the arm must be the guy from the other platoon and they kind of like take this in for a minute and stick is basically like okay so we can't get anyone's dog tags we've identified three bodies we'll give the location to the grave registration so that they can retrieve do we see any supplies like he's just trying to fucking keep it together like mm-hmm. i really like stick a lot yeah me too and there's oh my god there's this absolutely like beautiful part where rio looks back at the platoons behind them and she like notes how small they look against this like huge vast desert and she thinks they look like children playing war and i fucking loved that yeah like ah like the writing oh it's so good
0: it's so good it's like it's literally just like the way that he says these are children playing at war without like just coming out and saying that is
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Ugh. guys read this book it's good <laughs> read, all, read all the books that they write yeah and we'll keep talking about them okay this is what you signed up for eventually we'll get to the one that you're like oh I wish they do well yeah we'll get there we're doing them all yeah chill alright chill fucking take chill. a breather bring it down <laughs> a fucking notch we will get there when we get there do not make me turn this podcast around. No more fighting. <laughs> no more fighting.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Okay, and then there's this part, which was horrifying. Rio can smell cooking meat, which is sickening, and it's also sickening because her mouth is watering. That line yep. was just like, ooh, no. Yep. Like, they're fucked. They're so fucked. Emotionally.
0: Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's the truth, like, cooking yep. meat smells like cooking meat, like... Yep, and you haven't eaten in a long time. Just because it's a person doesn't mean the meat smells like not meat when it's cooking. Oh,
1: dude, okay. I'm always telling you to watch Ask a Mortician, but there she did this one about this, like, it was like a fucking football team that v- flew... And got caught in a storm and crashed in the mountains. Mm -hmm. And they were just stranded up there for so long. And they were, like, just resorting to cannibalism. And, like, it's fucking fascinating. And, like, she, she talks about, like... Is cannibalism okay in like dire situations? That's... Sorry, nobody signed up for cannibalism for this fucking <laughs> podcast. I'm sorry, I'll throw that up in the trigger warnings in the beginning. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm we sorry. I don't know
0: everything.
1: why. We oh, said everything. We said everything. I'm so sorry.
0: We meant everything.
1: Oh no. <laughs> uh,
0: that's that sounds super interesting. I wanna listen to that now. Do it. I will. I I thought this was gonna. Yes, (laughs) the information is interesting.
1: Yes, scientifically. Uh, okay, all right. Cannibalism aside, um, Jack says he thinks he can see a water can over there, and Stick is very pointedly like, "I don't see anything." And Jack is like, "Oh yes, you're right. I was mistaken." And they all just get the fuck out of there. Yep. Um. Ugh. I This whole chapter is just so fucking good. Um, yeah,
0: well, I mean, the, the added, the only thing I want to add here is that they were also under the stress of, like, the gas cans were on fire and could explode, but there was ammo somewhere that could just start cooking off and, like, yeah. literally, like, randomly shooting at them. So, like, yep. nothing about this scenario was good. No.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, even if there was salvageable supplies, it was not worth it. mm-hmm, gotta go yep just just let it go. i just I stick in this moment, just like i i I loved him so much like he's he's a good boy he can he can be outside the dumpster, yeah, so they go back, they give their report, and the volunteers are climbing up the canyon face. Half an hour later, they throw down some ropes and everybody climbs up safely. There's no broken bones, but there is a somewhat hazardous trek forward because night has fallen and nobody can see anything. Eventually, they spot lights in the distance and figure out it is trucks. They consult a map with Rainy and figures they could be in the right place and there could be a minefield between them and the trucks. So they waffle around for a bit and decide what to do. And they figure they've come too far to turn back now. So Cole and Garamond come up with the idea to like walk over their single file and um, separate out when they get close and attack. Helder, who is now in charge, is basically like, all right, whatever you guys think is best. Sounds good. I'm just here. Um, And the plan is basically to light everything up with uh, flares, blow them up and run away before the tanks come by. Rainy comments that it's very dark, and Rio thinks, "Yeah, it sure is."
0: It's a rough fucking plan, too. But like, yeah, oh, yeah.
1: It's yeah. It's an ambush, basically.
0: It's an ambush. It is an ambush, but like you know, they are very few in a desert with no supplies. So like, yep, it's the only kind of plan they could go with in this scenario. It's true. Oh, my God. We still have
1: so much more to go. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I'll, I'll no let you worries. keep going. Ugh. It's all right. There's just so much to talk about. There's so much happening.
0: Ugh. I know. And, like, I I don't want to gloss over the entire, like, explosion of the truck and, like, going over to identify him and all that stuff. Too. Like, that's that's super intense. Like, the, that yeah. whole scene is so fucking intense. But, like, mm-hmm. there's also a lot of intense shit coming up that we need to talk about
1: crazy action so a little while later the convoy is heading north and the platoons have dug in east or they're facing east lieutenant helders in command he is self-aware enough to know that he is very green and is basically leaving all the decisions up to the more experienced sergeants rainy has been instructed to dig a hole in the back and stay down and rio and the others dig their own foxholes Um, they see that the convoy is kind of spreading out, which means there aren't any landmines, but it doesn't put the bazooka team in a good position. Uh, so they're, they're still going to light everything up with the flares, fire on the enemy with a bazooka. Cole instructs Rio to, uh, seek out the commanding officer and take him out. Um, and Rio is secretly glad that Lieutenant Lifer isn't commanding the battle, because she didn't want her dead, but she feels a lot safer in this situation with people that she actually trusts that they know what they're doing.
0: Yep. Um, and, like, that's so fucked. Like, true. Yeah. But yeah. that's so fucked. Yeah. Ugh.
1: But, like, when <laughs> when it's, like, a life or death situation. it's. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah no, I don't blame her. She's absolutely
1: right. <laughs> yeah. She, um... She thinks back to what her father said on the porch, which is that she should find a sergeant she trusts and stick with him like glue. She feels a sense of impending doom, thinking of the generals that are out there far away from the battlefield who would spare her life, who would spend her life for nothing. Which is also like a very heavy hitting sort of sentiment. Um, Well, that's
0: also got to be like feeling super weird because that was rainy until... Mm -hmm. Half an hour ago, or a few hours ago, I guess, when she joined this convoy. That was Rainy making those decisions, and now Mm -hmm. she's here. So, like, that's got to be so intense
1: for Rainy. Yeah, for sure. Ugh. So, after Cole walks off, after telling her what to do, um, Janu whispers to Rio that she is scared, and if she doesn't make it, Rio cuts her off and says, you will make it. And Janu goes on to say that if she doesn't, Rio should marry Strand and name their kid after her. And then she says in a small voice that she's scared and she's sorry she got them into this, but her home isn't like Rio's and she had to get out of there. Rio vows to ask Janu about her home life someday if they make it. And then Janu goes on to say that Rio is her best friend and she never would have made it through BASIC without her. Rio is starting to get emotional at this point, but there's absolutely no time for that. And she wants to focus on the task at hand. She is here, crouched in a foxhole in the Tunisian desert while the Germans roll closer. She can't think about home right now. Like, her ability to compartmentalize is a thing.
0: Um, I mean, yeah, but like, let's take just one second to think about the last time she was about to get into battle right on the beaches the only thing she did was think about like home and strand and blah 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 so like she's already taking a vastly a different approach at this
1: point yeah that's a good point wow. like she's she's like adapting very quickly fast yeah, yeah.
0: and especially with with watching uh, Jano right beside her,
1: like, have a complete fucking meltdown. Mm hmm. So, the convoy is rolling closer, and Rio is praying for survival and courage and a drink of water. Suddenly, a flare bursts and illuminates about 10 vehicles in the convoy. The bazooka fires, it hits a half truck dead center, and bodies fly from it. Rio frantically searches for the commanding officer and spots a staff car that has gunned the engine. And the Germans start firing back somewhat blindly because they still can't really register what's happening. Um, A second bazooka goes off and Rio starts shooting at the staff car. In the chaos, she loses sight of it, but finds it again and empties her clip. She doesn't actually know if she's hitting it, but eventually it kind of falls into a ditch and rolls on its side. Um, One of the tanker trucks explodes and the second is abandoned by its driver Another half truck drives to the front and Janu shouts that she can see movement coming from it. And then enemy fire just like erupts around them and Cole yells at them to get out of the way so Stick can fire the BAR on them. 20 Germans are approaching their 5 soldiers and Rio fires into them but they just keep on coming. She empties another clip and then the reload jams and she finally gets it in and they are upon her and she can feel bullets clipping her helmet and collar but Amidst all this, she just keeps shooting because it's all she can do, and she sinks into this world of quiet and hears only her heartbeat and the sound of her own breath, and suddenly she is overcome and shaking, and she ducks back into the hole as both sides fire over her head, and she starts to pray. She only has three clips left, 24 bullets, and she realizes three grenades! She gets tunnel vision, and she can only focus on the end of the tunnel where the Germans are. She unhooks a grenade and pulls the pin. She tells herself to release it. She only has four seconds. She counts to three, stands up, merely inches below the BAR fire, and throws it. And you think that's the worst part, but it's not! It gets worse!
0: (laughs) As with everything, it gets worse. I was so impressed at Rio and sad mm-hmm. for Rio. Mhm. Oh my god. She's just she's so quickly fucking adapting, but like clearly is still completely like out of her depth here.
1: And I just I love the way that she like, sank into this, like, world of, like, total focus. And then the next second she's, like, shaking mm-hmm. and fearful and she snaps out of it and she, like, hides in her hole. Like, that just seems, like, very feasible, I guess. Like, I could easily yeah. see that being the case.
0: Yeah, it seems it seems like such a realistic thing to happen with somebody yeah. who is just experiencing something that's, like, so far beyond what... Mm-hmm. The day to day would be like it, yeah, and the jam too. Oh my god, the gun jam! Yeah, okay, what were you gonna say?
1: I was just gonna say that's another scene that would be really cool, uh, in like oh, a yeah. movie or a TV show. It's just like the audio just kind of goes down, and you just hear like this like breathing and heartbeats. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so the, the clip jammed, the reload jammed
0: yeah that was that was that got me like really yeah like that was really fucking intense and i could see that like again another like really cinematic is like just mm-hmm. slamming it as hard as you can because like there's no other options
1: all right let's go back to frangy
0: yeah let's let's jump back in time just a few moments
1: yes <laughs> um so Frangie is stuck changing bandages and sewing up wounds and she does it despite harassment and abuse from her patients um they are pushing the convoy into open desert and keeping an eye out for planes and she takes note that the ss officer is in the staff car and there is no love between him and the second officer in the car which seems like an important detail for later um (laughs) Oh, this part. Okay. She is offered a half cigarette from a young soldier, but she doesn't smoke and she fears he will expect something in return. So she refuses. What a beautiful parallel to when Rio and Janu first arrived at basic and Rio was like, do not accept help from any of these fucking men. Yep. Like, oh man, just a beautiful fucking parallel there. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Um, so she's in the truck the ambulance is behind them and the driver of the ambulance shouts something at Francie that she can't understand but she does now know the german word for black uh the cigarette guy shoves her towards the ambulance but they're moving at 20 miles an hour she's not going to be able to get onto the ambulance even if she can get off the truck um they shove her harder and she jumps off the truck the ambulance pulls up and stops beside her and the doctor major tells her to get in Inside, it reeks of sweat and vomit and human waste, and Frangie realizes she doesn't know anything about typhus. The doctor major explains that they raided a village, and some of the men, quote-unquote, passed time with the women, and some of the women were carrying uh, lice that were carrying the typhus, and so that's how they all got it. Um, He explains that death is about 20% in a healthy man, but these are exhausted, hungry, and dirty men. So... It's not looking good. Um, And the doctor says he hasn't slept in three days and he needs to sleep. And Frangie kind of looks him over and asks if he's taken his own temperature. He says his temperature is high and he also has symptoms, but he is the only one who can care for these men. Um, He takes a blanket off of a dead man and lays it on the ground and falls asleep. The men around her are begging for water and morphine. And Frangie knows that they are abusive, and they are rapists, and they have killed in battles before. But she knows that her fate has taught her to love, and love even those that hate her. She cannot love them, but she can feed them, and she can give them water. Like, ah! This was, like, so... Like, that.
0: this was the moment where I was like... I am so fundamentally not this fucking person mm. and this is like a wild take. Mhm. And like fucking a- like I I wish there were more people like her, honestly, <laughs> like oh. w- <sighs> she's incredible. But man, yeah. I and- can't even imagine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like, if it were me in this position, I would probably be helping, but only because I didn't want to get myself killed. hmm So, like, I can't say that I'm this, like, altruistic, loving person either, necessarily.
0: Yeah. Ugh. No, I know, I know exactly what you mean. I don't think I would be helping them to help them like Frangie no. is. She's... Yeah. Legitimately helping them to help them. Uh, Yep. To help them recover from a disease that they entirely brought
1: onto themselves with Mm -hmm. horrific actions. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then hours pass and then another patient comes in. Um, They have to leave the door open for the fresh air. The doctor wakes up and finds that his patients have been well cared for and they have started calling Frangie Schwester, the German word for sister, which is like, they realized that she was showing them mercy in a time where they were very vulnerable and facing death.
0: Like, honestly, that just makes it all the more incredible. Like... (laughs) that like the, <laughs> she's already doing an insanely incredible thing by taking care of these men who have zero redeemable qualities like right just to be a good person but then like the fact that it actually like changed their opinion of not only a woman but a black woman who mm-hmm. they can't they don't even share a language with Like, Mm -hmm. they don't even know what's happening. All they know is that she took care of them. Like, Mm -hmm. that's insanely powerful.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, and, like, the jaded part of me wants to think, like, oh, like, you know, if they survived this and they got back to full health and, you know, they were, you know, back to, like, who they were before, then would they truly have been changed? Or would they just go back to being, you know of scumbags oh you know <laughs>
0: like... I bet like 20% of them would reconsider and like the mm-hmm. other 80% would go right back to being fucking scumbags
1: yeah sorry I didn't mean to like bring the mood down I'm just like no you,
0: the, the mood was on the floor you could not <laughs> have mood... possibly brought it down
1: <laughs> the mood was on the floor I like that. yeah
0: that was not an optimistic observation
1: <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so the doctor wakes up, all the patients are have seen the light of God or whatever. Um <laughs> sorry. Um Uh Frangie asks the doctor major how much longer they'll be traveling, and the doctor says that he doesn't know they need to rendezvous with the tank unit, but after that, it never ends. Like this war will never end. Um Two hours later, Frangie is scrunched in the corner, trying to sleep, and she awakens to explosion and shouts and gunfire. She asks what's happening, and the doctor major just says, war. Um, She looks towards the open door, and he kind of grabs her, like, don't even think about it, and then bullets stream in through the side of the van, and blood sprays across Frangie. Um, And she just flies into a full-blown panic. She jumps out of the ambulance. She has a brief moment to take in the chaos of the battle around her. And she just decides to lay down. Just lay down in the fucking dirt. (laughs) Which is a good instinct. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, Do you want to hear a terrible thought I had when that happened? Go for it. One of the details was when the bullets exploded through the side of the ambulance. The first place it hit the doctor was in his butt. In the butt. And I was like, a little bit like... That nineties like butt. Like <laughs> I don't know. It just felt like a little nod to like the, you know, the the yeah. vomit books and like all that oh. kind of stuff where he's like
1: shot, shot him right butt. in the butt. Right and then like in the butt. <laughs>
0: yeah. and like there's a moment where he's like slapping at his own ass and then he gets like <gasps> multiple bullets through him and dies. But like before that, there's like a butt shot. Like I don't oh, it was so <laughs> out of place with the rest of what was cooked.
1: It is a very weird choice to make. Uh, And I don't understand, like, the trajectory of the bullet going into his butt and then Frangie gets blood sprayed across her arm and chest.
0: I don't think there's any way that those two things work together when he's grabbed her, when he's physically grabbed her. I don't think it works. I think it was just a funny, like... Got him in the okay. butt. Shot the Nazi in the butt. <laughs> that classic goof.
1: <laughs> oh, no. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I read it like, I read it, like three times because I was like, I'm not understanding. But yeah. then I came to the conclusion that I understood fine. Oh my god.
1: It was a very <laughs> weird choice to make.
0: It was a wild choice. Oh my god. I mean,
1: I laughed, but... Still. <laughs> well, he got shot in the butt and died. <laughs> um. See, it's even funny now. <laughs> oh, my God. Shot in the butt. Shot in the butt.
0: Shot through the okay. butt. And you're, <laughs> and you're too late, baby. Oh, no. You gave war a bad name.
1: Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. Again. Moving along. Yeah, so he's dead. Frangie is like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. She starts rolling away. Again, good instinct. Stay low. Um, She narrowly avoids uh, being crushed by the half truck that's, like, rolling up behind her. And she just lays in the sand as the convoy tries to retreat. And the ambulance... I think the ambulance gets, like, shot in the wheel and eventually just, like, rolls to a stop. And that's kind of where the chapter ends. Um... Yeah, shot in the butt. <laughs> I, I feel did... like such a child. So, I just thought of something. Yeah. So, like, when we were talking about, like, oh, like, when's Franji going to get to her breaking point? And we were talking about, like, you know, the fatigue a doctor faces from, you know, facing so much death and destruction. Like, mm-hmm. I think I kind of inferred that from this doctor. Because the doctor was just basically like, "I, yep, yeah, it's just war. There's just gonna be keep happening being war, and there's gonna be more dead bodies, and the war is never mm-hmm. gonna end, and fuck all of this." So I think that's kind of where I I inferred that from. But yeah, that
0: makes so. yeah I get that.
1: Yeah, I just wonder if that's kind of like if Frangie's gonna kind of like take something from this guy. Oh, hopefully not. Well, I mean, not, like, anything bad, but just, like, maybe in the future she'll think back to him and be like, yeah, the guy was right. This war never fucking ends. Everything yeah. sucks. All right. Fuck. This next part. <laughs> this next part's
0: uh, rough. This mm. next part starts... This Like, this next part was another one that I didn't quite remember that it was coming, and I read it and I was like, holy
1: shit! mm Okay, I'm ready. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. Rio has just thrown the grenade. It lands on the lip of Jadonu's foxhole, which he has long since abandoned. Um, a soldier in the hole picks it up and tries to throw it back. It explodes. It amputates his arm and shreds most of his face. And he is dead, but he hasn't fallen yet. So he's just like a, a torso standing there. And Rio is just like staring at him and she can't even comprehend what she's seeing because it's just too awful. Like her brain literally can't fathom what this is. Mm -hmm. Oof. Um, So eventually he falls and a second German soldier roars in rage and goes to shoot her with his machine pistol, but it clicks empty. He throws it away, pulls a dagger from a sheath attached to his leg and runs at her and she takes in his brown eyes his missing teeth his filthy uniform and somebody just screams at her to get down she can barely register the voice and she wonders vaguely if it's her father and she has this like jolt of instinct and manages to drop down as jack fires on this guy um the guy swings the knife from pure momentum and then he falls right on top of Rio and exhales his final breath into her ear dear fucking god this is horrifying
0: and she I I am betting you right now and I don't know this for sure she straight up like definitely got stabbed you think I think so because that's what I always hear when people get stabbed they're always like yeah I felt like I got punched and I didn't realize that there was a wound there like literally huh. everyone that I've ever heard talk about getting stabbed is always like, I felt like a pain and it felt like I was hit, but it didn't feel like there was it, like, they didn't feel like the knife or anything. And so when she that specifically mentions in the chapter, like she felt a punch on her arm. I was like, Oh, she straight up got stabbed and hasn't realized it yet.
1: Huh? But like, They don't find a wound later. At least they don't mention it.
0: They don't mention it, but I think she did. I think she's got, like, a cut or something that will Mm -hmm. come
1: back. Okay. I mean, it does kind of... Yeah, like, it kind of leads off in a way that's not, like... I mean, it was, like, just after. Okay, whatever. Anyway. Yeah,
0: it's Um, it's not clear. It's not clear at all. mm -hmm. I'm just betting from what I've heard that she's Mm -hmm. got something going on there that she hasn't realized yet. Yeah, yeah. She's gonna like take off her shirt later like to change it and she's gonna Uh be like what is this giant fucking wound that I haven't and then she'll (laughs) feel it because she looked at it and then that always means you can feel it once you look at it.
1: Right and they're also covered in like blood and dust and gore anyway Mm -hmm. that like nobody else probably would have noticed. Okay I like this. This is my bet. Okay. I like it. She's like, I got a cool scar now. Yeah. Um, Okay. So this guy dies on top of her. It's like 200 pound fucking dude. And like something snaps in Rio, like just something breaks in that moment. And she turns primal and she screams and she punches and she claws her way out from under this man and she grabs her rifle and she starts firing wildly and screaming die you fucking bastards which is like the most quintessential war like visual for me Mm -hmm. it's just like somebody in a helmet with a gun just like like spraying bullets and being like, die, you fucking bastards. Oh, absolutely. That's like the classic, like,
0: I've lost my mind.
1: Yeah. Like I, yeah, that's like, yeah, for sure. I'm at my wits end. Yeah. I'm done with this shit. I'm going to kill all of you because I just want this to stop. So she fires until her clip pops. And then there's just silence and Cole shouts for them to hold their fire because they can see a white flag waving. Um, Somebody asks Rio if she's okay, and she can't comprehend anything right now, and she flinches when a hand touches her arm. She stares at Janu, and she remembers that she should know who this person is, but can't quite recall her face at this time. Um, Rio asks, yeah, (laughs) that's correct. Ugh. Yeah um rio asks who shot her assailant and janu thinks it was jack and rio kind of has this like moment where she feels this rush of trembling and emotion just like she did with her first kill and tears just start streaming down her cheeks cutting through the mud and then she quickly wipes them off and insists that she's actually fine um janu says well i'm not fine i can't do this i'm not made for this like you are It's far too
0: late, Janelle. It's... It's... Oh, you can't decide this at this point. Yeah. It's so, so much
1: too late right now. Yeah. Yeah. And just, there's so much weight in her words. I'm not made for this like you are. That really got me. Because, like, Rio is like I know she means it as a compliment like there's admiration in her voice but like what does that fucking mean right yeah oof she tries to comfort her friend and just kind of tells her like we'll be okay um and she kind of has this moment to herself where she convinces herself that she's done enough she's played her part and she can go home now She remembers her father telling her that they're her family. Jedwell Falls is her home and she'll need that. Um, Around her, Cole is shouting orders to Luther Gear and Hansu Pang to make sure that the dead ones are actually dead, take their supplies, and tie up the living Germans. Um, Gear kind of whines and asks why Rio can't do it. And Cole says that, first of all, fuck off. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) It's true. But. Cole says that she's the one who made most of them dead in the first place. So he just has to make sure they stay dead. What a powerful fucking sentence there. Yeah. Oh man. Like uh, the other thing is that like we are in Rio's perspective and we can only get like, she's kind of an unreliable narrator. Like we don't know the full extent of what's going on outside Mm -hmm. of her head it's like she kind of blacks out and then when she wakes up there's just like corpses around her like Mm -hmm. that's the impression that i'm getting and it's so crazy yeah it's wild but like
0: god it's such a what a choice like Mm
1: -hmm. what what a choice for what's going on all right we're gonna get a little reprieve now a little bit of not terrible (laughs) For a bit as a treat. A little bit of...
0: <laughs> a
1: little bit of joy as a, little,
0: a treat. A little bit of joy as a treat. Okay,
1: I'm yep. in. Alright, so morning light is dawning over the wreckage of the German vehicles. Sergeant Garrowman is like, Damn, Cole, your people can actually fight! This is cool! Um, The white flag is being flown from the antenna of a tanker truck. Rainy crawls forward out of her foxhole and sees... Den- dead german soldiers everywhere and cole shouts for jillian mcgrath to distribute ammo luther cries my kitten miss pat which <laughs> we'll come back to later um rainy asks where lieutenant helder is and she is told that he is dead and now sergeant Garriman is in charge uh the new plan is to scrounge up what they can blow up the rest of the trucks and run away before the tank column appears Rainey interjects that she would really like to interrogate some German prisoners, please. Um, Yes, please.
0: Yes, please. I want that too.
1: Dibs. (laughs) 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 Um, So three German soldiers move forward with the flag and the GIs train the weapons on them. Um, Cole and Garamond don't exactly know what to do vis-a-vis the protocol for surrendering enemy officers. Someone from the third platoon reports that six of his people are wounded um, Garriman asks Rainey if she has any medical training and she says no I don't and thinking to herself she's not about to let herself become a nurse when she has the chance to interrogate a German colonel yep. Which, like, I, I love that I love that yep. so much because like she didn't say too. like she didn't say in her inner monologue that she didn't have any medical training she was just immediately like nope I can't help you I need to do this thing and I just love yep. that my part in this is much more important than a nursemaid, yep, yep, yep. I'm not I'm not taking shit from no man out here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the colonel starts speaking, and Rainey acts as a translator between the two parties. He wants to see their commanding officer. Rainey relays that there is none. It's just lowly non-coms. Um, and the colonel does not want to surrender to these people. and Cole is basically like, "We're gonna blow up your shit. And you can take your dudes and leave, or we can resume fire. Um, And they eventually work out that Rainey reserves the right to question any officers, and the Allies will have mercy on the Germans and not take them prisoner. Um, And Rainey takes note of the colonel and notices that he seems very nervous, and he points out that he might not be in charge, there might be someone of equal or higher rank hiding among the men. Um... So they take the Germans away from the vehicles and take away their weapons. And Rainey takes Rio and Jack to go question them. Um, and then another person kind of appears out of the chaos. Jack trains his rifle on them and they realize it's Frangie. And Frangie reports that she was a prisoner. Rio recognizes her and Frangie replies, seeing seen any wild pigs out here? Aww. Which is delightful and sweet. It um, is delightful. Uh, Oh, God, and then Frangie asks what happened to that big hillbilly that was with them, and Rio is like, um, Uh, and then Frangie immediately gets it, and she's like, I'm sorry, he seemed like a really good guy. Um. And then they kind of stand around awkwardly, and then Jack is like, so this all kind of sucks, huh? (laughs) Which I enjoyed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so Rainey asks Frangie if the colonel is the commanding officer and Frangie kind of thinks for a minute and says it was him and a guy in a black uniform. Um, Rainey's eyes light up and she's like, you mean he was an SS officer? And Frangie nods. Rainey explains that they are basically a whole separate army and they are the worst of the worst. They walk up to a large cluster of angry Germans who have, their gun- who have guns trained on them by the Americans Rainy tells them there will be no trouble if they cooperate. She just wants the officers. And as she says this, she watches several sets of eyes shoot involuntarily towards a corporal in a bloodstained khaki uniform who has his head down conveniently. Jack uses the barrel of his rifle to push the man's head up. And Frangie confirms that that's the guy. Rainy tells Frangie to go eat and care for the wounded. The Colonel is like, all right, just kill me. Um, and I demand to see your officers. And he does not want to be questioned by some female sergeant. Um, You dumb piece of shit. You dumb piece of shit. And then Rainy gets this evil grin on her face. And Jack and Rio are both like, what the fuck? And Rainy announces that she is not just female. She is also Jewish. And the officer looks horrified and he just spits on her face. And Jack cheerfully volunteers to shoot him. But Rainey says, no, she doesn't want to give him the satisfaction of word going back to his blonde wife and children that he died a warrior's death. God, she's such a badass. Um, She is. She is. But wh- you're mentioning the spit,
0: right? You're going to talk more about oh, the yeah.
1: spit, right? She fucking leaves the spit on her face. She does not even acknowledge it. Like, <laughs> yeah. fucking metal. Um. Oh, and then it gets better. Then it gets better. So she tells him he's a potentially valuable asset. He's going to come with them, but first he will remove his pants and his boots. Um, (laughs) So he throws an insult at her, and then Rio just takes the butt of her rifle and smashes it into the side of his face. Not enough to kill him or knock him out, but definitely enough to hurt him. And Rainy nods approvingly like, that was fucking sick. Um, But Jack looks troubled. Fucking Jack. Like, Anyway, that- that Fuck off, Jack. We're doing
0: important business here, Jack. Yeah. Take your goddamn opinions
1: somewhere else. You just threatened to shoot the guy, and now you're mad because the girl you, like, smashed his head? Like, fuck off. Yeah, fuck off, Jack. You and your goddamn double standards. Yeah. I don't like this. Um, (laughs) So then they march this guy over to the sergeants, who's not wearing boots or pants, and they just kind of look at him and, like, nod, like, all right, cool, this is this is great. Um, They deduce that they can actually use some of the German trucks to transport their own soldiers, and Rainey insists there will be absolutely no room for the prisoner, though he looks healthy enough to run behind them. And then Garamond says, this is why they never let women fight wars. They're too mean. (laughs) I fucking love Rainy, though.
0: So good. She's so good. She's fucking stunning. Absolutely glorious. I love her. I do, too. Just so good. (laughs) I don't, like, I don't I don't have anything to add. This was fucking an incredible chapter. Rainey's mm-hmm. incredible. I got, mm-hmm. I've got nothing to discuss further. You saw it. It happened. It was
1: the best. I just, I feel like all of the others don't understand how bad the Nazis are. Like, the others are just like, oh, they're the bad guys. Like, we're going to go beat up the bad guys. And Rainey knows, like, no, these are not just the bad guys. These like I know what these people are doing. Like I know why they're bad. Like I understand in a way that you guys do not. Like
0: I mean, I think that's totally true because like that ha- they had that conversation right like earlier in the book of yeah. like nobody saying what the Nazis are actually doing, but yeah. like Rainey's family is disappearing. Like yeah, yeah. I think that's
1: totally true. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> All right, I think this is the last chapter. We're almost there. So, I know everyone's really worried about Luther Gear's kitten. I know I alluded to something happening to her. <laughs> she's fine. She got some shrapnel in her paw. She probably lost a couple toes, but she's fine. Um, thank goodness. Although, you really shouldn't be bringing your kitten into a fucking active battle, but whatever. Um, but you know what? Frangie patched her right up.
0: No she big.
1: did. She did. <laughs> And also maybe cured gear of racism.
0: (laughs) Oh boy.
1: She helped. She certainly helped. She patches up this kitten and this guy has this like internal struggle and finally he's like, thanks doc. Like, instead of calling her a name, like, what the fuck is happening?
0: I don't know how I feel about this. You know, <laughs> choices were made.
1: Oh, my God. I want to move on because I don't know how to process this yet. It's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Let's see. So the kitten's fine. Thank God. Uh, The Americans set the German prisoners to dig grave for the dead. And then they spot the German tanks about five miles away. So Cole's like, all right, everybody, it's time to bail. There are 51 people left of the two platoons and no officers. The gravely wounded are left behind, hoping the Germans will do the decent thing. The less wounded are loaded onto the trucks. Um, The German tanks fire one shot after them, but because they don't want to waste fuel, they don't chase them. The Americans were thrown into a suicide mission unprepared, but the fates rewarded them with a safe and uneventful passage through the mountains and back to food safety and water um rio is currently standing in line for food too tired to make small talk and halfway considering just going to bed on the dirt um she is definitely aware that something inside her has changed and she both fears and welcomes the change some guy objects to frangie being in the lunch line and rio turns to him with her hollow eyes and her blood splattered face and tells him to fuck off and the guy starts to insult her. And then Luther turns around and also tells him to fuck off. Um, <laughs> uh, so they, their squad eats their food very mechanically and then just like falls asleep on the ground. And eventually they're kicked awake by Cole sometime later to get back on the road. Then he, oh my God, he pulls Rio aside and he tells her that when they get their new lieutenant, he's going to put her in for a medal. And she's like, no, don't do that. I didn't do anything that anyone else was doing. Um, and he very seriously tells her that a lot of guys go to war. A small percentage end up in the, sh- in the shit. A small percentage of what's left end up being good soldiers. And a smaller percent still end up becoming what Rio is becoming, which is a highly efficient professional killer. Rio tries to dismiss him, laugh it off, because that's not her, she is a naive girl from Jedwell Falls who is going to marry Strand. He tells her when the war is over, she'll put everything in a box, go get married, have babies, whatever. But for now, she is a killer, he needs killers, and he's putting her in, and that's it. She doesn't know what to say to this, so she quietly goes and hangs out with her squad. Tilo and Luther get into a fight to blow off steam, but stop when Jillian scores some alcohol janu does not let rio drink based on what happened last time and then she's basically like you have now had interactions with two different men how do they compare rio is like let's just pretend i only had one interaction strand is the one for me and jack is a fellow soldier janu says they have a long road ahead of them and eventually rio will spill everything and they have a nice touching moment of friendship, and both agree that what they could really use is a big basket of fries, a milkshake, and a Coke right about now. Then, Janu catches a glimpse of a young lieutenant trading salutes with Sergeant Garamond. Rio says it's probably someone who will order them to do something stupid, and Janu says that she has something stupid in mind. Good old (laughs) Janu. Still Uh, a horn dog. You know... (laughs) <laughs> sometimes things happen
0: who who was it in the discord that pointed out that like the that Janot's whole thing here could totally be a front just to try and like cover up like a very Marco-esque like I'm gonna pretend oh, right. to be horny all the time just to like cover up how yeah. shitty this all is and how traumatic it is
1: yeah oh plus she has a shitty home life like yeah that yeah it could be a defense mechanism very easily it could just be like this is my personality (laughs) haha don't look at don't look at anything else (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. oh i I wish i could remember who said it because it was a great fucking point that
1: was a great point i loved
0: that we do It it was such a good fucking point we do
1: have to give credit So, we're switching back to Rainy. She is brought to Captain John Jode, who demands to know what she's doing out here so far away from her own people. She smugly tells him her orders and what happened with the battle. She demands a jeep, a driver, and a guard for the SS officer. She has taken prisoner. And because that's pretty fucking impressive, she is given what she's asked for. Um, Hark Milliken is the guard, and Stick is promoted into his role. Rainy kind of wants to go to the 5th platoon and tell them thanks, but realizes it was her plan that got their lieutenant killed, and it might not be wise. Frangie, meanwhile, has no idea where her unit got off to, and she asks Garamond if she can tag along with them in the meantime. He's like, sure, Cole's squad is a big band of misfits, why not add another? So Frangie gathers up all of her medical supplies, picks up a few more from the hospital tent, and joins 2nd squad. Someone tries to be racist, and Luther stands up for her. He proudly tells Frangie that he is changing his kitten's name from Miss Pat to Miss Lion, and Jack winks at Rio and says, I told you there were lions around here. And that's the end of the chapter.
0: It was such a like movie-esque ending of like (laughs) and they all sat around the table. Freeze frame. Fundamentally changed forever. Freeze frame.
1: Don't you forget about me. <laughs> 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 well, gentle reader, I had a bit of joy today. Sergeant Ricklin, Rio, came by to check on me to see how I was doing. I think she scared some of the nurses. She has that effect on people now. She's hard and she's foul-mouthed and she's got that thousand-yard stare that I suppose I do as well. Or maybe it's just the fact that she came in straight from the front line grenades hanging off her like ornaments on a Christmas tree, Tommy gun on her shoulder, her prized souvenir, a German luger, stuck in her webbing belt, and that big knife of hers strapped to her leg. But if you looked hard, gentle reader, you'd see something of that freckle-faced tomboy who grew up milking cows and thought golly was a curse word. Some part of the sweetness of her is still alive underneath it all, or at least I think so, hope so. Same as I hope there's still some part of a different me hidden away under the hard shell of cynicism. I wonder how I look to her. I know I'm damaged in more than body. The fever that pushes me to write this is not the symptom of a mind at peace. Can she see the irreversible damage inside me as I see it in her? Won't be long now, I think. The Russians are in Berlin going street by street. The crowds will have folded up shop. Though not until Hitler's dead, I guess. They are still enthralled at the mad bastard, even now with their cities burned down around their ears. What a goddamn waste. A lot of German units have surrendered, and what's left of it is mostly old men and kids. Kids, like we were not long ago. It's coming to an end, this war, but I still have a lot of story to tell. There's Sicily and Italy and France yet to write about, a whole lot of war there. North Africa was where we were bloodied, where we became real soldiers, but in the grand scheme of the war, it was small beer. The Krauts taught us a lesson we needed to learn, though. They knocked the cockiness right out of us, that they did, and we were better soldiers for it. One hell of a lot of Krauts died in the stony hills of Sicily and Italy, because we had begun to learn our profession. The Battle of Kasserine Pass will not go down in history as the finest moment in the history of the US Army. Although what's funny is that when we were in it, we didn't know what that debacle would be called. We just know it was FUBAR. It shook me, that's for sure. Shook me all the way down to my bones. There's nothing like the feeling of running away to feed the beast of fear inside you. That took his toll. Still does. But that's all down the road. We'll get there, gentle reader. We will. If you're wondering what happened with Rio and Strand and Jack, or wondering whether Rainy met up with that nice Jewish boy again, or whether Janu ever met her longed-for handsome officer, or whether Frangie and Sergeant Walter Green... Well, not now. That's all for later. Right now I have to go and cause a ruckus because they're talking about shipping me stateside. I won't have it. I'll go AWOL before I let that happen. I got this far with our little band. I'll be damned if I miss the final act. I don't expect we'll celebrate. Celebration doesn't feel quite right. But I would sure love to sit down and have a quiet beer with my pals. Besides, like I said, there's a lot more for me to write. And then there's a couple quotes from U.S. Army Center for Military History about the Battle of Kessarine Pass, And the final quote being from German Field Marshal Erwin Rommel. In Tunisia, the Americans had to pay a stiff price for their experience, but it brought rich dividends. And that's the end of Frontlines. Yay! We did book one! We did a book! We did a book! It always feels so triumphant to finish a book. Yeah. It does.
0: And I did find out who made that fantastic point. Okay. And I was right in my guess that I didn't say out loud. But of course, it was Dr. Maria. Uh,
1: number one Marco fan, Dr. Maria. <laughs> number one Marco fan. Fuck off. Everybody number one. Who says they're Marco fan. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. That's Maria so is number one doctor, number one lawyer, number one everything.
0: Yeah. Lawyer of the year. Number, number one, one mom. Yes. Number one mom. Number one Marco fan. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> We've done it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so, how, so Luther Gear isn't racist anymore, I guess. Listen,
0: I feel like it's going to be one of those, like, I, like, I feel like he has an, a longer arc to go. Otherwise, it's too convenient. So, like, uh... I, I feel like it's going to be one of those, like, I still am racist, but this one person
1: is cool. I can't be racist. I have black friends. What?
0: <laughs> yeah, like, he's gonna be problematic still. Like, he's okay. still got a long way to go. I just, I,
1: I know people are complex, but, like, part of me is, like, I don't know how I feel about Why certain. did you redeem him? Yeah, like, I don't know how I feel about certain redemption arcs. Yeah. But also, like, I know people are complex, so I'm just there are two wolves inside of me and they're fighting
0: (laughs) like here. Okay. Yes. I completely agree with you. My own, like the only thing I keep thinking about these guys is like, these are all young, young, Mm -hmm. young teenagers who are like, I know that I rapidly changed as soon as I left my parents' house. Yeah. And like, yeah. So not that I think it should be easy or quick or convenient or anything like that, but, yeah. like, I I can get behind a big change like that for sure.
1: Yeah. And I'm not saying that if you start off racist, you can't unlearn that. Like, clearly, <laughs> it's a thing. Like, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Like, yeah. we, like, we want to unlearn racism. We absolutely do want right. that. Uh,
0: Please continue on that journey. But yeah, it's it's a little convenient.
1: I just, like, I don't... Okay, here's the thing. I don't want... I think it's like what you said. I don't want it to be convenient, and I don't want it to be instantaneous. Like, I don't want to read the next book and be like, oh my god, Luther Gear is like the best person ever now. Like, I don't. I just don't buy yeah. that. Like, I don't want right. that. Anyway... Yeah, that would
0: suck. <laughs> but like, I I don't think Michael Grant would do that. Like, I, I, he's a better writer than that. This isn't Stephanie fucking
1: Meyer. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's it mm-hmm. sounds like I'm advocating for people not changing. That's absolutely not true. I don't know what I. No, want. you just you
0: you want it to be a good, convincing story and yeah. not a convenient plot point. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. I'm excited <laughs> for the next book. Like, I'm really excited to start the next book. Me too. I want it now. We can do it now. Okay. The ban has been lifted. We've uh-huh. hit the end of the podcast. We can now start book two.
1: Yay! Let's do it. I mean. Let's do it. Some other books read first, but
0: soon. Yeah. I got to finish up Heartland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do we have any other thoughts on this one? I'm
0: just so fucking excited to see these character arcs. I had a thought while we were recording that, like, going back to one of the first notes that we got, where it was like, would you believe that one of these these girls shot, like, three unarmed German guards? And I had this thought of, like, what if it's fucking Frangi? What a goddamn uh-huh. twist. Uh-huh. And yeah, I'm just... I'm so excited to like get into I'm I'm really excited too to get into a book that I haven't previously read because mm-hmm. like now I have no fucking idea where we're going.
1: Yes I'm excited.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. So like just literally those are my thoughts. I'm just super fucking excited to keep going with this. I love how brutal these books are. I love how intense they are. Like this is, like, the intensity of Animorphs that I, like, gravitated towards and loved. And, like, I adore Catherine and all of her writing and all of her editions. but, like, I am just loving this shit, too. Yes. Did you have any final thoughts?
1: Um, I, I'm also excited to see where the characters go. And, like, I definitely feel some very strong Rachel parallels with Rio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, the fucking, like, Cole being, like, I need you to kill for me
0: is yeah. just
1: like such a strong echo. And I'm just like, Oh, oh, oh this sucks. Yep. And it I, sucks. And I love it. I'm here for it, it sucks. And I love <laughs> it. Oh no. And I just, you know, and especially with the interstitial with the, the narrator being like, Oh yeah. She's like, got all these fucking cool weapons and she scares people. And I was just like, yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm been there yep. yes she does shit
0: that's my girl
1: oh boy oh boy <laughs> oh boy <laughs> we've got like like rachel cassie and like marco <laughs> yes we do oh my god the
0: dream team oh wow <laughs> and she's in love with a pilot allegedly what oh yeah what plane boy. oh <laughs> You did it to me again. <laughs> you drew a Tobias parallel that I didn't see.
2: <gasps> oh, no.
1: <laughs>
0: wait. Oh, wait. Shit. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah.
1: Hold on. It's all coming together now, right? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Her sister was a witch. Um, <laughs> and, and what was her sister? Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Okay, wait. You said Strand is Tobias. But yeah. Also, she has affections for Jack. Does that make Jack Marco? <laughs> Does, it? Does it? Does it? Does it? I mean, I was doing Rainy Marco because of the intelligence factor, but like
0: Yeah, I definitely would would do Rainy Marco over But he could be Titi. Jack could be Titi.
1: But like an argument for Rainy not being Marco is that Rainy's like, hell yeah, I'm gonna kill these Nazis, and Marco seems a little bit more like hesitant to do thing. That's
0: because, and I was literally just arguing out some shit about Marco's life today earlier. So that is because Marco's whole thing was his mom was dead. He couldn't let his he couldn't die and yeah. leave his dad
1: well- too. Rainy doesn't have those hangups. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I know Marco takes the longest to find his reason to fight when he finds out his mom's alive, blah, blah, blah. But, like, even, like, I don't. <sighs> Rainy has this kind of, like, I'm going to fucking murder Nazis. And I feel like Marco is just kind of, like, I'm just trying to survive and keep my team alive. Like, I'm going to play my part and do my logics. But, like, I'm not, like, gunning for this. But
0: Rainey's doing it because her family has been disappearing. Mm -hmm. When Marco's dad was threatened, he literally morphed without thinking about it and, like, (laughs) literally just went in. And just, he (laughs) fucking destroyed their shit. Like, I feel like there's a similar ish reaction.
1: Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I was trying to make an argument for the Marchelko fans, but. I will shut it down. And a- I'm kidding.
0: That's not what I was trying to do. <laughs> I just don't think Jack has like enough markers of Marco to be considered for a Marco
1: sure. comparison. Jack doesn't have a lot of like personality for me yet.
0: He's just... he is British though. He's so British. That's...
1: He's a he's a ginger British man, and other than that, he's just kind of a spare dude he's just a spare kill spare. <laughs> it it's pissing me off how he's like all troubled about rio and i know there's going to be a conversation moving on where he's like this isn't you like you're enjoying the the, <laughs> the, the the murder and you're enjoying the kill and blah 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 i know that fucking shit's coming and she's probably yeah. gonna be like i'm just doing what i'm supposed to be doing and i happen to be
0: good at it no. fuck you Oh I hope God. she leans into it and she's like, I fucking
1: love it. I love it. I don't like I food. Love I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so what happens to Cole now? So he got demoted by someone who sucked and mm. then got killed, but then he led his platoon to victory. So promotion back up to mm. thing? I
0: Doubt it. I mean, it sounds like he he pissed off more than just the people that were killed. Yeah, like, I bet he stays in the exact role that he's in until way later in the books when he does something like when they go through some very dramatic victory and then he reluctantly gets promoted okay. by like one person that advocates for him. That's my that's my guess.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I like that. I like Cole a lot, though. Cole's great. There's like there's a handful of of dudes that are okay. Most of them are shitty, but a small subset. What,
0: what Frontlines did for us—the book about women joining the war and women empowerment—is convince us that two or three men are all right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no. Oh man. Oh uh, man. I just
0: I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. I can't wait to get to the second book. It's gonna be great. Yeah,
1: I'm ready.
0: Alright, well do we have do we have anything else to say or should we I don't think wrap so. this bitch up? Let's
1: wrap wrap the bitch up. I guess. <laughs> Fuck my bitch. Up.
0: Yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, if you would like to send me censored mail where broad swaths of your email are blacked out by a <laughs> Sharpie from some sort of army dude, you can do that. You can do that at anonymousanimorphs at com, or do it on Facebook. You can join our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites, or just, you know, look up Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Book Club and follow us there. Or you can find us on Twitter at Animors Anon or Apple Grantcast. Yeah. Yeah. Or Instagram at Apple Grantcast or Animorse Anonymous.
1: Yay. That's right. That's right. Um, it's the internet. You, listen, social media is hard. And yeah. if you really want to talk to us and other people that are awesome. You are probably best doing that on our Discord server that we have. Like we're talking daily discussions and entertainment and cute pictures of pets and just the best fucking people you will ever meet. Um if you would like to join in the fun, you can hit us up on any of our socials we'll get you the Discord link and you can come hang with us and it'll be great. Um also, if you are listening to this and you're like this is great but I, I really like Animorphs Anonymous too maybe I should re-listen to that well you can you can do that on podcast sites or you can go to our YouTube that we share with the Cadmus to Crisis Boys um over at Strong Shape International on YouTube and we're uploading kind of older episodes of Animorphs Anonymous it's a great time to like re-listen to your faves so go do that Strong Shape International
0: Hell yeah. And that's where we have our interview with Michael Grant too, where we talk about front lines quite a bit
1: in that oh, interview. That's true. We do. Watch yeah. him smoke a cigar.
0: And a cool hat.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I've heard enough of the offerings that we have. What if I am sick of audio and would like to take a short break into only... Um, visual slash reading medium with
1: no audios involved read a fucking book also read a (laughs) webcomic i have a webcomic which one (laughs) which which one am i to read the only webcomic that you should ever read is my (laughs) webcomic that i make and draw sorry this is all really aggressive um (laughs) No, but really, <laughs> I have a great webcomic. It's called B You. You can go read it for free at bsideyoucomic.com or it's also on Top Us and Webtoons. And it's just like cute queer romance and it's about music in the early 2000s. So you should check that out and go read it. And um... oh, yes, I also have a Patreon. If you like it so much and you want to help me support making it, you can go to Patreon. And you can see early access pages. You can see work in progress pages. Sometimes you get like a sweet exclusive Patreon only illustration of hot characters without shirts. So uh, that's a thing. Um, I've seen it. I'm I'm one of her patrons,
0: <laughs> and let me tell you, she's not charge of fucking enough. <laughs> so
1: that's that.
0: Oof. Um, it's. It, I mean, you could also for only five thousand dollars a month dan and i have really upped our prices join casey's patreon and get the slater cast where dan and i talk about only slater
1: all the time who may or may not be the shirtless person i was alluding to earlier
0: he may or may not be yep. you can find out exclusively on casey's patreon oh my
1: god Uh. well now that they've done that they've gone and subscribed to the patreon they have seen and heard the delights that it has to offer um there are more delights to be had that involve the sultry voice of one alex where can they find more of that shit oh god where can't they <laughs> <laughs> you are everywhere you are omnipotent i, I am
0: i am the elevist of podcasts um no, I'm fucking not. But if you do like Animorphs, which at this point, I hope you do, uh, you can find me on Dungeons and Drakenbeams, which is an Animorphs AU D&D podcast where I play the best character on the show. True. I mean, may- maybe not, but no. I think she's no. the best. True, she- She's the best. Yep. It's because Possum, right? Possum really boosts her stats. Oh, my
1: but- God. He's a good boy.
0: Possum is the best dog. He, like, fuck the show. Let's talk about Possum for a minute. On Dungeons of Drakenbeams, Beans, there a is a boy. dog. His name is Possum. He's, He's the, the best. best boy. He's the best fucking boy. And he will lick your face all day long if you let him. And eat your snacks. He, one time, he, he ate an entire tent full of snacks and then fell asleep on his back in a sleeping bag. It was the best. He slept through a fucking fist fight because he was too like <laughs> too snacked out to a, pay attention. A shovel fight. Yeah, shovel fight. Someone got whacked with a shovel, and you know what Possum did? He was like, fuck you, I ate all your chips. I'm gonna nap. <laughs> if that doesn't scream good dog, he one time distracted a bunch of Horkbijer so that the human children could escape and he had a good time the whole time. Aww. He's the best dog. He's just playing with him. He's a good dog. He, he was just he was just running. He was having a good time. He was running, having a great time. He's a great dog. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want to hear more about Possum, DNDB Pod on Twitter or Dungeons and Drakenbeams, <laughs> or join our Discord and I'll link you. <laughs> I don't know. Do one of the things. Uh, I guess I should talk about the other podcast I'm on now. Yeah. Let's talk about one that I have I have dropped hints about this whole podcast and that's Horse Girls. Yay. And I do that with Jenna and Tim, and we talk about the Heartland series, and Jenna and Tim are much funnier and better than I am, but they let me on their show to talk about horse facts, so there we go. It's great. Horse Girls, you should listen to it. We definitely never get off topic ever, ever, ever. (laughs) Definitely don't. Whoa. And there's an awesome quiz, which is my favorite part of the show. Yeah. So. Horse trips Exactly. I give the most buckwild answers. Buckwild! Huh? Cause a horse bucks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, and then uh we told you about the Cadmus to Crisis boys. You can go check out their stuff at Cadmus to Crisis this is, with a two in the middle. And uh, then there's another, we can't tell you about it, but guess what? There's another podcast coming up. And what? This time there will be two familiar voices. Oh! It, but we, we can't tell you anymore. We
1: can't tell you our names or where we live. where we live. <laughs> it's going to be the best. The very best. I will tell you nothing. Nope. Silence. <laughs> Thank you to Jess for our awesome theme music that I'm still obsessed with to this day. Yes. At It's Reese on
0: Twitter. R-I-E-S-E, I I believe. Okay, now I think that's it. It's Reese. It's Reese music. All right. Well, is that it?
1: Yeah, I think so. All right. We'll see for Silver Stars, which is the next book. Silver Stars. It's the next book. Silver Stars. Silver stars, <laughs> it is war time for the world.